Hallelujah. Uh, I want to encourage you to come back tonight. It's going to be an excellent time of ministry, and I'll show you some other videos, and, and I know you'll be blessed. I want to talk to you today about the topic, try again. Turn to somebody and say, try again. Try again. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. And uh, you can turn to your Bibles, Genesis 4, uh, verse 25. While you're doing that, I just want to mention, I do have some materials at the back. Here's a CD called To Be With Him. And uh, Jesus called us to cast out devils, lay hands on the sick. But before he called us to do that, he called us to be with him. In fact, the power to lay hands on the sick and cast out devils and get people saved is being with him. Here's a video called The Macedonian Call. Somebody said it's the Macedonian Call. No, it's the Macedonian. It's when Paul was called to go into Macedonia and preach the gospel. Here's a book called uh, I Took My Blackbird to Africa. Now, I've been saved since then. I have an iPhone. And the pastor told me he's going to take an offering for everybody who has Androids today. No, he's <laughs> Uh, we're praying for you, though. And, uh, but I had, I, uh, I must confess, I had that moment when I had BlackBerry. I wrote the whole book on my BlackBerry. 64,000 people got saved in three and a half weeks. And uh, this is not a sterile book. In other words, you won't read this and think, oh, that evangelist, he's just wonderful. He's got personal, he's just so... No, you'll find out I had doubts and fears and frustrations beyond measure. But in the midst of it, we saw 64,000 people come to the Lord. Then the Lord told us to get a book called 100 Confessions Set You Over. And listen to me, this is a medicine for you. If you can take medicine from the doctors, you should take medicine from the Word of God. We're telling people to take three scriptures a day, confess in the mirror, take about a minute and a half at the most a day, confess them over your life and see if after one month you don't feel stronger, healthier, more successful, more blessed. And so I was going to divide it into topics, and God said, don't bother. And I said, why not? He said, because I know my people, they'll pick their favorite topic and they'll just confess those ones. And But this one is all mumble jumbo. I said, great, that's less work for us. But, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of mumble jumbo with all different topics, who you are in Christ and what you're called to do and, and how you're called to be healed and, 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 and all that is the good things that God has called us to do. So you might want to get that. And then our latest uh, uh, product, our release resource is this little book called Oh, what a wonder. Years ago, when I was a kid, I went to Bible camp, and they had a little song called, I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. It stuck with me all my life. And I was thinking about my grandchildren, and I thought, what can I do to bless them? And uh, what can I do to bless children in, in general? There's not many good Christian books out right now for kids. And so uh, God reminded me how this, this song had been such a blessing to me. It's public domain. And we took the song, we put it into book form, and we have great artwork. And all the kids uh, demonstrated in here are, are uh, my, my grandchildren, and it's just a great thing. And uh, you may want to get that for an Easter gift for your grandchildren or whatnot, or your children or whatnot. Anyways, God bless you. There's, uh, if you want it, there's, it's available. There's memory sticks and whatnot. Praise God. Gen Genesis chapter 4, verse 25. Hallelujah. Genesis 4, verse 25. I'm going to quote it in many translations, but it says in the King James Version, and Adam knew his wife again. Uh, one, one message translation, and Adam slept with his wife again. Uh, don't worry, this is not a, uh, a human relations seminar. It's not a marriage seminar. But there is a concept in there, and I want you to get it. It's the word again, again. Uh, and Adam and Eve tried again. They had a son and called him Seth. Another translation says, and Adam had sexual relations with his wife again. And she gave birth to another son, 
and she named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another son in the place of Abel, whom Cain had killed, okay? Um, and so, again, the whole concept in this scripture is that things happen, bad things happen. Sometimes bad things happen to us. Sometimes we are the inventor of the bad things, and we're, we also have, the, you know, the results of it. When bad things happen, you can get up and try again, amen? And that's the, that's the theme of this message today. And so uh, it's a faith message uh, to take you into a place where you're willing to get up and try again. This is the concept of this story begins, I know you know that in the, in, in, it begins in the garden. How long it took God to, uh, to create the heaven and earth? I, I, I particularly believe seven days, but I'm not bothered by some that think that, you know, a day, you know, was a long time. And, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But it's important that we believe today that Adam and Eve were the first people on the earth and that God created them in his image, male and female. Amen. And so, um, and, and so God created all the animals, the fish and the, in the sea, the birds in the air, and he created man, man and wife, Adam and Eve, and he said that they were good. And they walked with God for a season. And again, we don't know how long that season was. Was it a week? Was it a month? Was it two years, five years, ten years? We don't know how long. But we do know that at one point, Adam and Eve fell from God's grace. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they became uh, uh, naked. They, became, they, they went and hid. They felt exposed, if you will. And they went and hid. And God comes down in his grace, and he says to Adam, Adam, where are you? Now, he wasn't asking Adam, where are you, because he didn't know. He's God. He knew where Adam was. He was asking Adam, where are you? So that Adam would ask the question, what am I doing here? How did I get here? What happened? What mistake did I make? And God says, who told you we're naked? And so God, and so they were exposed and they felt naked and they went, ran and hid. And that's what religion has done for years, centuries. All, all, all of humanity has watched religion go and hide, move away. Oftentimes as a pastor, I could tell that somebody was involved in something they shouldn't be because I wouldn't see them as often as I should. Or they'd avoid me, you know, in the, in the foyer or whatever. So don't avoid your pastor. <laughs> but, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, and it's not always the reason, but, I mean, I'm just saying, you could tell in your spirit. And so they ran away from God and tried to hide. Can I tell you something right now? When you make a mistake, when you get into trouble, don't run to hide. Expose it to God. And you don't have to expose it to the whole church, but find somebody in the church who you trust, who you know that's not going to blab it all over the place. Find somebody who know, you know that will hold you accountable so that you can be restored. Are you with me right now? I'm not talking about telling to everybody. Nobody needs to know all your dirty laundry. But it's good to come and confess to God and then find somebody who you can be accountable to, a, a, an elder, a board member, a, a, a leader in the church, and, and, and talk to them and ask them that they will pray, pray with you and make you accountable because the Bible says, he that covers his sins will not prosper. But he that confesses, God will show mercy. Amen? And so, uh, and so Adam and Eve, you know, they, they fall, and God in his mercy comes down. He sacrifices an animal, and it's so symbolic. It's a type and shadow, if you will, of Jesus who would come, whose body would be sacrificed for us, his blood would be shed for us, so that we could not only be covered, but we could be cleansed from our sin. Are you with me right now? And so Adam and Eve 
have now a covering of God's mercy, a covering of God's grace, a covering of God's forgiveness, if you will. And they start to rise up again, and they start, remember the words that God said, be fruitful and multiply, take dominion, be fruitful and multiply, take dominion. And so I can imagine they got excited after they were starting to get restored. They were getting the strength back. How many know if you fall, you can be restored, amen? You just got to have the right attitude. And uh, God will restore you, and people will restore you if you have the right attitude. Uh, we've all made mistakes. But the important thing is you show the right attitude, and God can restore you. And so here, Adam and Eve, they're being restored right now, and things start going good, and they remember the words that they're supposed to be fruitful and multiply, and they're supposed to go ahead, and so they begin the work of God, they start reaching out and they start building a church and the attendance starts getting good and the offerings are good and the church is growing and God's blessing and all of a sudden, uh, you know, they've been faithful for a little bit, God gives them two more workers, Cain and Abel. And now the church is really successful. It's going forth, missionary offerings and, and, and the building's getting bigger and people are coming. I'm just I'm elaborating, but I want you to see that they're doing really good and, and things were running perfect and, and awesome. And then all of a sudden, they got a slap in the face. All of a sudden, something took their breath away when Adam and Eve were, were, were told that Cain had, had killed Abel. And, and all of a sudden, all these good things were happening, all the things that were advancing them, all of a sudden, there's this something that took their breath away. I looked and discovered what Abel's name means. It, means. it means breath. It means to breathe. It means wind. In other words, Adam and Eve absolutely had the wind knocked out of them. Their breath was taken away. I don't know what you've gone through that's taken your breath away, but I'm smart enough to know at age 60 that, uh, that we've all had times when our breath has been taken away from us. There's all been, we've all had times when the wind's been knocked out of it. Sometimes everything's going perfect and you don't even know what happened, but you're sitting at your desk and you're thinking, whew, why am I so tired, man? Why am I so apathetic? I, you know, I'm just saying we all had times. And I don't know what your situation, maybe you've gone through a divorce, maybe you've gone through difficulty through COVID. I mean, we've all had uh, this season of COVID where the breath was taken away from us. You know, that's what the, the whole purpose of that virus was, to take our breath away. And people's breath were taken away and went, you know, went and hid in the, in, in the, in the, in the basement in the corner somewhere, afraid to, to, to get any germs on us. And, 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 see, and, and the toilet, toilet paper stopped. And we were doing so good, and all of a sudden there's been setbacks. Maybe you used some of your money that you were planning to buy a new car with just to pay your bills. Maybe you had money away that for vacation, and, and you had to use it to, to pay the bills. Or maybe you were planning to, take, to do this uh, construction on your house or renovations, and you, don't, you didn't have the money. You had to use it, and so there's been setbacks. I'm sure today that every person in the sound of my voice has had seasons, if not you're in it right now, uh, seasons where our breath has been taken away from us. But I am reminded of the words, and of course, you know, of Mike Tyson, the great prophet and, and philosopher. You thought I was going to quote scripture. He said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> And we, I can say we've all had plans. I'm getting hot, so. We've all had plans. and We've all uh, had setbacks. But God gave Adam and Eve a desire within the heart 
to try again. And that's the idea, the concept of this message. I'm so reminded of the words from Ezekiel that said that God told the prophet to breathe upon those that are slain, breathe upon those who had the breath knocked out of them, breathe upon those who had setbacks, breathe upon those who had disgruntled, breathe upon those who got disconnected, breathe upon those that, that ha have not been at living at the standard they were living before, breathe upon those who have become weak, uh, uh, mealy-mouthed, yellow jelly belly backbone, you know, kind of mamby-pamby Christians over the last couple of years and breathe over them, breathe into them and ask the winds of God to breathe in them that they might arise and go forth in the name of Jesus. And so we've all had setbacks, but there's an answer in God's word. Hallelujah. I believe the word of God spoke to me and he said, tell the people it's time to believe again. If ever there was a time when we need faith, we need it right now. I believe that the church in a lot of ways has become weaker than it was. In some ways, we become more, uh, 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 we become more uh, aggressive. Uh, and we become more um, uh, desirous to keep going. But in some ways, we become weaker in our advancement. It's been more like survival than it has to be move ahead. And, and I believe faith has been at a very low level, but I'm here to tell you today, no matter what your setback, no matter how difficult COVID was for you, no matter how difficult that divorce was for you, no matter uh, how difficult that financial uh, problem was for you, you are not the camp there at your problem. God can breathe upon you and you can recover in the mighty name of Jesus. When I had the Flushing virus in 1995, and it's a long story, but basically I just want to tell you the end of it is that at the end of it, suffering and being almost dying and having 17 surgeries in my hand, they finally, the, the, the TV crews came into the hospital and they wanted to do an interview with me. And uh, they were trying to, you know, get me to say, they were trying to build me up. This is the pastor of the church on the main street and he has a Bible college and he's an evangelist and this and that. And, and, uh, and then they wanted to build me up so they could tear down God because the first question they said was, why did God do this to you? And right after, and so I said, well, God didn't do it. And I gave a good explanation. I said, I had people praying for me. If you notice that out of 12 people, I'm the one that's still alive. They say, well, how do you explain losing your finger? I just, I tell them I gave the devil the finger and that's all he's getting. But my whole point is this, is that after that, Hunter Huntley called me up and other churches called me up. They wanted me to come and give a testimony. Listen to me. I give God the glory. I know I wouldn't have come through that if it hadn't been for God. But when Hunter Huntley come, I know Reynolds and Ronnie Maines, and I know Dave, I knew Dave. Uh, you know, they I grew up, grew up with Reynolds and Ronnie, Ellen and Elaine. I was in their house. We, we hung around together as teenagers. And but I just did, felt a check in my spirit not to go and, and share my testimony at that time. I'd already given God the glory. I'd been on TV, da, da, da. but I just felt, and, and I know why the next day when I, call, I called back and said, I just don't want to do it this time. It's because I didn't want to be known as the preacher who's missing a finger. I didn't want to be known as the preacher with a gimpy hand. That's not who I am. That's what happened to me. That's not who I am. Your divorce is not who you are. That's what happened to you. That's not who you are. Your setbacks are not who you are. 
That's what happened to you. You are a child of the living God, hallelujah. And years later, people, after they say what we're doing and blah, 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 maybe they'll add on as a cap. Oh, yeah, he lost his finger back in 94. I maybe they won't. But I'm glad I'm not known for just, I'm not, I didn't stop and camp and just live my whole life on my tragedy, on the breath of my tragedy, or on the, on the disaster and just make that my life story. My life story is I'm seeking to reach the lost, empty hell, populate heaven, and raise up other people to do the same. Had a friend, Mikel Mentela, he's part of the MNC now, just joined a couple months ago. And uh, he broke his neck. He, he, uh, a moose ran into his car. And he broke his neck in three places, and they told him he'd never walk again. And joining together with Kenneth Copeland Ministries and whatnot and other people praying. Uh, I was up to preach there for about three or four times during the six months. And he had this big halo on, and, and I wasn't able to do much moving. And yet, in the midst of it, he's still confessing Jesus is going to heal him. Well, after six months, they took off the halo, and it could actually... He could actually walk and he could actually move and he was healed. And so he started getting bookings across the nation. And uh, Kenneth Copeland was one of them and went down there and did the testimony and did a testimony all over this. And after about a year, I felt in, in, it really prompted by the spirit of God to call him up and say, that's not just who you are. That's what happened to you. You need to get on with your program. Get on with your destiny. We'll give God the glory for bringing us through. But that's not where you're going to camp. We're not going to camp at our disaster. We're not going to camp at one miracle. We're not going to camp at one victory. We're not going to camp at one failure. But by the grace of God, it's onward, Christian soldiers. Hallelujah. We're going forward. Hallelujah. We're going to make it count. Hallelujah. We're not going to camp there. Hallelujah. I had an open vision. A while ago, traveling between Timmins and, and uh, Thunder Bay and uh, Timmins and, you know, Hearst or something like that. And in my first open vision, I had two visions that day. I, was, I know there were open visions. That means I was awake and my eyes were open because I was driving. But I had this open vision and I was in heaven. It was a, like a, a, a warehouse about 25 times the size of a, a Walmart store. And on one side, there were lights on and there was angels. Uh, opening pages of books and writing in the books. And I said, what are you doing? They say, well, every book represents a Christian, uh, a born-again believer who's living by faith. And we're writing, Psalms 139 talks about that God is writing your book. And so they're writing in the book, and I'm thinking, wow, that's wonderful. And the, some of them, the pages were just flipping like crazy. They're living by faith. And on the other side of the warehouse, I went over there with some angels. They weren't mad, but they weren't excited. They just had their wings folded and they were looking and I saw book upon book after book after book after bookshelf after bookshelf and dust on them. I didn't know there was dust in heaven, but it was, uh, you know, all, all illustrations limp. But, uh, but, but, but here I, I asked the angel, what is going on? And said that these are those that were born again, but have not been used, using their faith. And I said, oh God. How, how easy it is for people to get saved, sanctified, and stuck. How easy people to just make their, uh, get their invitation for heaven, get ready for heaven, and then just live like hell while they're in earth. Not make any difference, not, make it, not have a purposeful life, not make any difference. And so I believe that God said, it's time to believe again. It's time to believe again. And you know what believing is. Believing is not just thinking good thoughts. Believing is believing and speaking. Having faith is believing and speaking and believing and speaking and believing and speaking and believing and speaking. And, and, and Proverbs says, it says, uh, 
uh, guard your heart with all diligence because out of what you put in your heart is the issues of life. What you put in your heart comes out of your heart. So believing is what I've allowed into my heart. And you got to guard your heart. You can't stop the news from coming. You can't stop bad things from passing through your ears. But you can stop it from getting into your heart. And I've had times when I just listen to bad things, the news and this and that. And there's times when I just have to shut it off because I don't want it to get in my heart. I cannot allow it to affect my head. Yes, I knew. I, I need to know what's going on. I need to know what's going on so I can vote. I need to know what's going on so I can protect my family. Uh, we're not ostriches. We're, we're, we're aware, but we're, not, but, but we're not obsessed with what's going on. We got to protect the heart. Believing is protecting or guarding your heart and protecting what gets into your heart. And speaking is making sure that the right things come out of your mouth. And then the next verse it says, and put away a froward, F-R-O, not forward, but froward. And I thought, my goodness, they made a mistake in their spelling. But I looked it up, and froward does not mean forward. It means, it means a mouth that is not under the conviction or under the confidence of the Holy Spirit. Put away a mouth that is not under the conviction and under the confidence of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me right now? Some of us have dug our, dug our own graves with our mouth. We used to say years ago, uh, when we had cassette tapes, he'd come up to me and say, do you have a cassette tape on my healing? Do you have a cassette tape on my prosperity? I said, yes, under the table is some duct tape. Put it over your mouth and shut up. <laughs> and we have to guard what comes out of our mouth because it is. I still believe with all my heart that your tongue is like a rudder, James says, and it will steer your ship. Yes, storms will come. Trials will come. Difficulties will come. Setbacks will come. There'll be times when the breath is knocked right out of you, but we serve a God who wants to steer us into good places and give us back our breath and restore us and make our life count. Hallelujah. So it's time to believe again. Turn to somebody and say, it's time to believe again. It's time to believe again. So keep your believer hooked up to your speaker. Yes, I'm aware, but I'm not obsessed. I refuse to let this pandemic poison my potential. I refuse to let this distraction distance me from my destiny. I refuse to let this friction fracture my future. I refuse, refuse to let the mandates mess with my momentum. Are you with me right now? I'm going upward. I'm going forward. I'm going through. Secondly, I believe the Lord told me, tell the people it's time to dream again. You got to believe again. You got to dream again. You know, when you were first young in the Lord, you had dreams and you were excited about the things of God. Let me ask you, what's your excitement level right now? What's your dream level right now? Where are you with God? Are you, are you, uh, are you looking for, are you frothing? Like, are you salvating for the future? Are you hungry for it? Do you feel like something good is about to happen? I don't know about you. I'm 60 years old. But Pastor Rick told, told us online the other day, he said between 60 and 70, that's the most productive year of any entrepreneur's life. And I said, hallelujah, I'm in for good times. Then he said from 70 to 80 is the second most valuable time. I said, Woo! I got two decades yet, man. I'm just getting started. Woo! Third, the third most profitable decade is from 50 to 60, and we've definitely seen that. But I'm expecting more. Are you dreaming? Are there dreams in your heart? 
you know, Adam and Eve lost Abel, and they were grieving. Now, it's okay to grieve, but don't let grief get into your heart. It's okay to grieve, but don't go off and grieve all by yourself. When you are grieving, you need to get some Christian people around you who can be sympathetic with you, who can give you some space, but at the same time can gently remind you who you are, why you're here, and what your destiny is. Hallelujah. God does not want you to crawl into a shell. We were never called to go live in the mountains some way or to collect our survival food and hide under a rock. We're called to let our light shine. Hallelujah. And grieving can get a hold of you and suck the life out of you. Adam and Eve had a time to grieve. Grieving is when you look at your past. Dreaming is when you look at your future. Dreaming is when you honor your past. Uh, Grieving is when you honor your past. Dreaming is when you honor God's plan for your future. Dreaming is all about yesterday. Our grieving is all about yesterday. Dreaming is about tomorrow. Grieving will take you backwards. Dreaming will take you forwards. Hallelujah. And I reminded of the words from Young Hee Cho, who pastored the largest church in the world. He said, dreams and visions are the language of the Holy Spirit. You say, I've got the Holy Spirit in your life. Can I ask you something? Are you dreaming dreams? Are you having visions? I'm not talking about crazy pizza dreams. I'm talking about things from God. I'm not talking about a different thing all the time, but is there a dream in your heart? Is there something that you must possess? Is there something that's speaking to your heart? Is there something that is causing you to move forward? Uh, grieving is ordinary, but dreaming is, is beyond the impossible. Uh, grieving is about the now and yesterday, but dreaming is about the future. And I'm reminded of Joel who says this, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Old man will dream dreams, hallelujah. Young man shall see visions. All you old men, I'm not, I'm not pointing at you. I don't even know who you are. Maybe you don't think you're old. You're 99 years old. You don't think you're old, but all you old men, all you old women, I'm not calling you old like, you know, but I'm just saying all you older people, you're supposed to be dreaming dreams. All you young men, you you ought to be having visions of tomorrow. I'm not talking about pipe dreams. I'm not talking about pipe visions, but I'm talking about God-given things that will take you forward, that will make you productive, that will cause you to bear fruit, that will bury the shame of yesterday, and it will all be on the past. And people see you, they won't be talking about your failures. They'll be talking about your success. They won't be talking about your tragedy. They'll be talking about your triumphs. Hallelujah. It's time to dream again. Do you have a dream in your heart? I'll tell you something, get, you need to get along with God. If you, you listen, if you don't have a dream in your heart or a vision in your heart, that's got to be the next thing you do. Is to get along with God and say, what's, what's for me? What do you got for me? What am I here for? What's my purpose? How can I get involved in the church? How can I help this church grow? How can I help it lessen the load on the pastors and the staff here? What can I do to advance the kingdom of God? God, what is my part? Where do I fit? I want to dream dreams. I want to, I want to believe again. I want to dream again. Hallelujah. I want to move forward. And I'm reminded of the scriptures in Habakkuk. It says, though the vision tarry, Wait on it. Maybe you had a vision before your setback. 
Maybe you had a dream that God had called you to do something before you got into all this mess. Before you had problems. But I'm here to tell you, according to Habakkuk, it says the vision or the dream is for an appointed time. Keep on serving it. Keep on serving it. Because in the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Hallelujah. Remember the early days of being in the ministry where we were living hand to mouth and, and uh, week by week. And if God didn't come through, uh, we would go under. And our house would go under. Our church would go under. I was laying in bed just a couple nights ago. And I said, man, this faith thing really worked. Look how far we've come. Look what God's done in our lives. What God's done through our lives. Look how many people have been saved. Lord, I feel like my life is counting. Do you feel like your life is counting? My Facebook all the time, we put in making it count. I'm putting Facebook posts on, not just because I want people to notice me. I'm not telling them about my favorite meal or my favorite dessert or what I did last night. I'm telling them about the exploits that we're doing for Jesus because I want to make my life count. How about you? It's time to believe again. It's time to dream again. And it's time to expect again. I believe there ought to be a spirit expectation in the heart of every believer, there ought to be an expectation in the heart of every church. And I'm going to be honest with you right now. I don't see it the way I used to see it. I don't feel like the church is filled with an excitement. I feel like the church is, is you know, most leaders are filled with the idea, we're going to move forward. We're going to, we're going to survive. We'll go forward. But I don't, I don't feel that the atmosphere is charged with, I remember as a kid and as a young man, even as a young pastor, going to church and saying, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I know it's going to be good. I remember as a pastor for a, a period of time, I couldn't wait to get the church to preach because I was so excited what I had to give to the people. I pray that excitement comes back while the world is in gloom and despair and mediocrity and complacent and worrying and concerned and in fear. The believer ought to have a spirit of expectancy in their heart like Adam and Eve had an expectant spirit and they brought forth a son and they called his name Seth. Now it's interesting what Seth's name means. It means to pay back to console, to reward, to repay. I'm here to tell you, folks, if you've been serving the Lord, even though you've gone through some hard times, I'm here to tell you, Payday's coming, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, God is not a man that he should lie. He is not forget your labor of love in which you minister to the saints and are ministering now. I'm, I'm here to tell you that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He will not lie. It shall surely come to pass, hallelujah. And they bring forth a son and they call him Seth, saying God has rewarded us. He has paid us back. He's giving us a great reward. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you that whatever has gone on in your life and whatever has given you a setback, whatever is taking your breath away, if you'll come to the Lord and believe again and, 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 and dream again, allow God to help you dream again and believe God that you can expect again, you'll start expecting again. I'm here to tell you that no setback can hold you from obtaining the prize that God has promised for you. I feel like some people here, you've written your own obituary. 
You said in your mind, this is who I am, this is who I'll always be. No, 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 not with God. If you come to Jesus, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things are passed away. I mean, like there's some people in this church, you've served the Lord for many years, and you look at your life, and you start to begin to calculate, I've served the Lord for 25 years, and I've come this far, and I may be alive for another 10 or 15 or 20, 30 years, and so I believe that maybe with the grace of God, I can go this far. But you know, uh, the truth is that our life as Christians, there ought to be exponential growth. It ought, our curve ought to be going like this, not like this. It ought to be going like this, hallelujah, because the Bible says the latter day shall be greater than the former, hallelujah. Are you expecting the righteous are like a light that shines brighter and brighter and brighter until the perfect day? It's time to believe again. It's time to dream again. It's time to expect again. Finally, in that second vision, I, the second vision I had while I was driving, I saw the nation of Canada from coast to coast. Up from Baffin Island down to the most southern tip of southern Ontario, which is equal with the tip of the northern tip of California. And I saw the nation of Canada with bones scattered all across the nation. I said, God, of course, it reminded me of Ezekiel 37. And I said, oh, God, what are these, what are these bones? Why, why, why are they scattered across this nation? What, what am I to say? I know the bones were the scattered people of Israel in Ezekiel. I said, God, who's of these bones? And God said to me, these are the backslidden. These are those that were wounded in the house of God. Those who, these are those that thought they knew better than the pastor, those that thought they knew better than God, some that, that really had good hearts but got wounded. These are, the, these are the people who backslid and wandered away from God. They thought they'd find a different church because and, 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 they didn't like how the one church was running. They thought they'd go to another church, but they never found a good church, and so they stopped going to church and ultimately backslid. God said, these are the wounded, the marred, the scars, the brokenhearted, those that once walked with me but are not walking with me now. And their bones are scattered, and there's no breath in them. And he said, oh, by the way, these are the bones of those that have also been scattered through COVID. And I thought of it, and I've been hearing stories, how pastors said their church are growing, but it's growing with new people. And surprisingly, some of the people that were once strong people in their church have been scattered and have fallen away from the Lord. And I've heard that over and over again over this last year, how it's been hard to get a segment of what he, the pastors would consider faithful people. It's been hard to get some of them back to the house of God. They're scattered. Their hearts have gone cold. They become weak. They become anemic. They lost their breath, but they haven't got it back. And I felt the Lord say to me that as a preacher, as a Evangelists would travel from coast to coast at every chance I got in every city that I would preach something like this and I would talk about those that have been scattered through COVID and those have been scattered because of their broken hearts and those have been scattered because of their backsliding and that is a church we would desire to not only reach the lost but we have a desire to reach out 
to those that are backslidden, those that once knew the way, to our sons and daughters who are brought up in the house of the Lord, but for one reason or another have been scattered. My heart is broken for them. And I, today I believe that it's our duty to call upon the slain and prophesy over dead bones and prophesy over, over flesh that has de de decreased and has melted and has been broken and has, has been eaten away, that we'd prophesy over them, that the bones would come alive and flesh would come back upon them and they would come and be gathered together again in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I want to pray in just a moment, but before we do, I want you to bow your heads. Maybe you're in the house of the Lord today, but you've been scattered. Your life has been focused on other things. Maybe you're here, you've never walked with Jesus. Maybe you're here, you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never asked him to come into your life. But I'm here to tell you, you can believe again. You can dream. You can expect. If you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, you are the sons of the living God and you have expectancy and dreams in your heart. But if you're not, the Bible says you're lost for all of eternity. Maybe you're here, you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're here, you're not serving Jesus. Maybe you're here, you're backslidden. Maybe you once had the breath of God working in your life, but it's not working in your life now. Maybe you once had great life, but your life is anemic now. Your life is weak. Your life is just a shadow of what it used to be. But today I tell you there is a breath of God that wants to breathe on you that wants to bring you back together and bring together your scattered thoughts and your broken dreams. Put flesh, put meat, and put help upon your life so that you can dream, so that you can fulfill the vision, that you can walk in God's best for your life. Maybe you're here, you're not walking with Jesus, you're not serving Jesus, you're backslidden. You've lost your way. You're not sure today that if you died, you'd go to heaven. Say, preacher, I, I don't know if I'm saved. Well, if you don't know you're saved, you're probably not because the Bible says it's given unto us to know that we have life eternal. Maybe you're here, you say, Brother Mark, I can't say for sure I'm saved. If you can't say you're saved, I'm not here to confuse you. But if you can't say you're saved, you're probably not because the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. With the mouth, we, heart we believe, with the mouth we confess unto salvation. And so before I pray for the scattered and the backslidden outside the church, I want to pray for those that are scattered and backsliding in the church or that have never walked with God again. I'm here to talk to you. I'm speaking that Holy Spirit is working your life right now. You know I'm going for souls this morning. If you don't know Jesus, if you're not serving Jesus, if you're backsliding, maybe you've got your foot, one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. The Word of God says you cannot serve two masters. Ultimately, one master is going to give, is going to give way to the other. Ultimately, you're going to make a choice. Today's your day. Now is the time of decision. Now is the acceptable time of salvation. But I'm here to tell you the moment you respond to God, the breath of God will come breathing back into you and you'll feel the life of God surge into your bones, into your flesh, into your spirit. And he'll give you life anew. You're here today. You don't know Jesus, not serving Jesus. Not sure if you died today, you'd make heaven, but you want to know for sure. On the count of three. I want you to get your hand ready now, sir. Young man, it's time for a change. It's time to make a decision. It's time to get your act together. I know you can't do it on your own, but the breath of God and the strength of God in your life 
can take you places you never thought you could go. On the count of three, you don't know Jesus, not serving Jesus. Not sure if you died today, you could make heaven, you would make heaven, but you want to know. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand all over this auditorium. Are you ready right now? Get your hand ready, young lady. Sir, get your hand ready. You don't know Jesus, not serving Jesus, not sure if you died today, you'd make heaven, but you want to know. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you quickly to slip up your hand. One, two, three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, 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 yes back there. Anyone else, you'd say, yes, yes, I see your hands. Yes, I see your hand. Oh, glory to God, hallelujah. It's time for God to arise in your life, hallelujah. Anyone else, you say, I need the breath of God. I'm not where I should be. I'm not, I'm, I'm not where I want to be. Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Would you stand? Would you stand all over this auditorium? I'm not going to ask you to speak in a microphone. I'm not going to ask your name, but I do want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask every person that raised your hand. Now listen to me. Those of you who don't need to come. It's not for you to sit back there and judge and say, well, I don't know what so-and-so is doing up there. If they raise their hand, there's a reason why they raise their hands. You ought to thank God that the Spirit of God is moving in this church. Because unless the Spirit of God drew people, no man, no woman could come to Christ. But even now, God's drawing the scattered back into his fold. I want those of you who raised his hand, your hands. I want you quickly to slip out of your hand and come and stand in front of me. Would you do that right now? Come on. Come on now. Come on. Slip out of your chair. Come on. Quickly. Quickly. Come on. Come, 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 come. Quickly, 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 quickly. Just come stand right here in front of me. Face me. Come, 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 come. In the name of Jesus. 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 Just come quickly. Come and take a step forward if you're here so we can see who you are. Listen to me, the Spirit of the Lord is drawing people. And everybody's at a different stage right now, and we know it's all good. God knows. That's all. It's all between you and Him. But we're just here to help you to get the right, the blessing of God back on your life again. Can I pray with you? Father, for every person that's come forward this morning, they've lost their breath, they've had setbacks. They admit that they're not in sync with you like they ought to be. They want the breath of God. They want to believe again. They want to expect again. They want to have dreams again. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would touch them on the inside and on the upside, the downside, the front side, the back side, and the flip side, and you would minister in a way that no person could ever touch them in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for your blessing to be upon these lives as they rededicate and commit their lives to you. In Jesus' name. How do I get connected with God again? Maybe you've never been connected. Maybe you were connected, but you don't feel as connected as you should be. How do I get connected? You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. No, you don't have to stand on your head and spit nickels. You don't have to live in the church, although it's good to come to church. You don't have to give all your money, although it's good to give money, but you don't have to do that. What you need to do is yield your heart to God. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And you say, well, Brother Mark, I was doing that for years and then I went away and I couldn't get back with God. How do I get back? You keep on believing and speaking. You keep on believing in your heart. How do you stay saved? You keep on believing and speaking. You keep on believing in your heart, confess with your mouth. What do you do when you make a mistake? You keep on believing and speaking. You keep on believing in your heart and 
confessing, I've had times when I've stood in front of my kids and said, your dad just blew it. I made a mistake. And I want you to know that's why I did need a savior. That's why I do need a savior. And that's why I always need a savior. And so I'll always believe and I'll always confess that I can't save myself, but God can. Will you forgive me? I know Jesus has. Are you with me right now? I want you to pray this prayer with me all over this auditorium. Everybody, pray it with sincerity, and then I'm going to pray one last prophetic prayer over this nation. Father, in the name of Jesus, say this to me. Father, I ask you now, come and live in my heart. Be Lord and Savior of this house. I give you every room, upstairs, downstairs, every secret compartment, every closet now belongs to you. I believe you can do better with this house than I've been doing with it. I make you Lord of my life. Jesus, I believe you died so I could live. Suffered so I could be well. You went to hell so I could go to heaven. You rose again so I could live a victorious life. And you're sitting in heaven today and waiting for me to come and join eternity with you. I thank you now by faith in Jesus. I boldly confess I am saved and I thank you, Lord. I can believe again. I can dream again. I can expect again. Let's give the Lord a praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now one last thing. I want to pray for this nation. I want to pray for the scattered. And would you just join with me? Those of you spirit-filled, maybe you can just pray in tongues. And those of you just stay right here. I want to pray. Father, I pray across this nation for those that are back sitting, for your little sons and daughters that once walked with you and received Jesus in their heart as young kids or teenagers, but yet have scattered and gone their own way and are lost and dark and are cut off from the fold and their life, uh, the, the joy and the life uh, has been sucked out of them and they're like dead, dry bones uh, with no breath in them. In the name of Jesus right now, I pray, oh God, that the dead, dry bones scattered across this nation, the backslidden, the wounded, the the marred, the scarred, the brokenhearted, those that have been scattered through COVID, those who have lost their way in Jesus' name. I call those dead, dry bones to get back together. I command the ankle bone to be connected to the leg bone and the knees to be connected to the leg bones and the leg bones to be connected to the hip bones. In the name of Jesus, I speak over every scattered, dead, dry bone and say in the name of Jesus, as God asked the prophet, can these bones live? Oh yes, they can live. Breathe upon these bones. Breathe upon these bones that they might live. I call every dead, dry bone back into the house of God. I call the backbone to be connected to the shoulder bone and the shoulder bone to the neck bone, neck bone to the head bone. And I call these bones back into the house of God so that we can be strong. And as your word says in Ezekiel, not just come back in the house of God to have a dance or have a party or to play cards or have a, 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 a pot blessing but oh god we come back in the house of the lord so we can be your mighty army as you called us to be 
And Lord, right now I breathe the breath of God into dead, dry skin and tissue and to dead, dry, depressed emotions. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that life comes back into the depressed, that life comes back into the disgruntled, that hope comes back into those that have been departed. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that life comes back into the people of God, that you bless their pocketbook, that you bless their bank account, that you bless their spirit. You bless their future. You bless their relationships. You heal those relationships in Jesus' name. I call the wounded, the scarred, the marred across this nation in Jesus' name into the house of God that we might be the army of God that you call this Lord God. I pray most of all that in these early days coming out of COVID that we might quickly, 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 quickly rise up and be a believing church. That we'd be a dreaming church. That we'd be an expecting church in Jesus name. And that you take us forward and onward Lord God. And I pray right now for those who are sick in this house. God I pray right now supernaturally by your spirit that this would be a day of healing when the dead comes to life when that is dying the tissues that are dying would be healed by your power and would become healed and healthy tissues in the name of jesus i speak health and healing to this body of christ for those that are here this morning, Lord, I bless their minds. I bless their emotions. I bless their will. I bless them in the name of Jesus. And I say that we are the church that believes. We are the church that dreams. We are the church that expects. And we can't wait to see what you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Let's give the God our praise. Let's give him a praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.